Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine coming to you uh, tonight, Sunday night. Uh, going to talk about something that we all need to think about. And the title of this podcast is going to be, When Should You Go to the Hospital? And I'm going to preface it by rambling a little bit and giving you a few statistics on um, hospital errors and medical errors. But the reason I want to talk to you about this tonight is because over the weekend I've been dealing with two very specific cases that um, it's kind of been interesting. One in-hospital case, uh, family and patient are calling me for advice. The other one, outpatient uh, case, um, guy that's pretty sick with it, trying to not to go to the hospital. So, um, of course, names won't be mentioned, scenarios won't be mentioned, so you don't know who I'm talking about. But this has been a very real awakening experience for me because it's really got me to thinking, and that's why I want to do this podcast on um, when you should go to the hospital. Um, in one case... Um, the one patient in the hospital, his life was probably saved by the fact he did go to the hospital. And in the other case, his life may be saved because he didn't go to the hospital. And you can treat as an outpatient. So you have to know when to go to the hospital. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about um, the differences in hospitals, for one thing. Um, there's a vast difference in hospitals. Um, you know, some are really good, some are not that great. They're all trying, and a lot of this is systemic failure. And really the result of a lot of this, for example, medical errors are because of bureaucracy, I think. But in any event, um, it's been estimated that there's as many as 250,000 to 440,000 deaths every year in the United States due to medical error. That's the third leading cause of death in the United States, right behind heart disease and cancer. So just think about that for a minute. Medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. Here we live in a country that is so far advanced that things we're able to do in medicine like operate on fetuses in utero, separate Siamese twins, transplant faces, do cure cancer in a lot of cases, you know, open hearts up again, fix brain tumors and aneurysms, um, bring people back from the brink of death after trauma, and yet we still, with all the money and resources we put into this, the third leading cause of death in America are, are medical errors. And, you know, that, that's just a shame, really. And a lot of it, you think, what are the causes of this? Um, well, inadequate staffing, um, errors in judgment, system defects, preventable adverse effects, um, staff burnout, medication areas, um, hospital-acquired infections, uh, misdiagnosis, treatment delay, failure to act on uh, tests that you've gotten. Um, 
I think one in seven people that get in the hospital are victims of an error. And two-thirds of these were totally easily preventable. So that's one reason I want to preface tonight's talk about when you should go to the hospital and when you probably shouldn't. Another thing that really, you know, during this COVID crisis, uh, which I think in the long run is going to help our medical system because we have to get more efficient. I mean, we, we saw this coming down the pike many years ago, and we were totally unprepared for it. I mean, you go to get a COVID test, and it takes two weeks, 17 days, 20 days to get it back. It's worthless. And the tests we have, you know, we get a 30% false negative rate. You know, it's just abhorrent what, what's happening right now. Um, it's really taken a crisis like this to, to hopefully wake us up and fix a few things. And um, another example I'll give you, one of my patients went to the hospital to get pretty sick, went to get tested for covid and in the hospital, there was, you know, hundreds of people in the lobby mixing and mingling. Uh, no mask out there. Took five hours just to get seen. And, you know, they need to do something about that for one thing. Uh, but a lot of people go to the emergency room in the hospital when they don't need to. Some people don't go when they need to. Sometimes, I will tell you, if you're having chest pain and you can't breathe, you need to get to the hospital and call an ambulance if you're really, really in trouble because you'll get right in. If you go to the waiting room, you may be waiting there dying for five hours before you're even seen, mixed in with a varied myriad other people that don't even need to be there. Um, so, um, you know, and I think, I think this may lead, lead to a, hopefully a lot of more outpatient treatment. My whole focus as a family doc for the last 35 years, particularly in the last 20 years since I um, formed performance medicine, has been on prevention. You know, and as it turns out, I'm right. If you prevent yourself from getting obese and build your immunity up to where you can fight off these things without having to enter a hospital, then you're much better off of, and take your vitamins, you know, especially D, C, and zinc. I'm hammering that home during this COVID season. But in any event, your, your goal should be not to go in the hospital with this thing. Um, because as you've seen, you know, you get in the hospital, you get pretty sick with it. Um, um, sometimes the chances aren't good. Now, granted, we've made a lot of strides in our treatment in the hospital with the convalescent uh, plasma, remdesivir, um, you know, high-flow oxygen, um, things like that, which things really you should be able to do at home as well, um, which will bring me to one of my patients uh, I've been treating uh, by telemedicine uh, this weekend. And I'm all for telemedicine. I think it's going to boom now after this crisis is gone because, I mean, you know, you don't really want a COVID patient coming into your office right now infecting other people and having you to shut down for two weeks. That's why every doctor, including me, is not letting sick people in the office. We take temperatures. Of course, we have them wear masks. We wear masks, PPEs, because um, we, we don't want to have to shut down the office. You know, we want to treat patients. You know, our call with our oath we took as physicians is to treat people. Now we have to step up. Our country's in a crisis with this COVID thing. It's, it's a major crisis. In my 35 years, I've never seen anything like it, and Hope we never do. We probably will. But it's a wake-up call to our whole medical system. Um, so we have to all kind of pull together in this thing and, and get smart with it. Um, so 
when to go to the hospital is a very, very important question. Um, and it's almost become like a last resort. And one reason people don't want to go to the hospital now is because your family can't be there with you. Um, you're kind of going it alone. A lot of people are dying alone, which to me is the biggest tragedy of this COVID thing, is sending our elderly people to die alone in the hospital. Um, I think after this, there's going to be a lot more telemedicine. There's going to be a lot more... Um, better treatment in nursing homes, a lot better prevention of infections through better nutrition, better immune system support, and better testing. I mean, I heard just tonight that a breakthrough has occurred with um, the testing that hopefully will get into our hands very soon. It's a quick salivary test rather than ramming a rod halfway to your brain and, you know, every two days to see if you're if you have active COVID or if you're a carrier, it's a salivary test. It can take a, you know, a few minutes to detect, and um, so it's not quite as invasive. I think more people will be willing to get the test. It's more accurate, and it's really cheap, and you get it right then. I mean, that's the answer as far as testing goes, in my opinion, um, because we do need to keep those positive people away from well people, especially away from... Uh, people that are susceptible, and hopefully will develop this herd immunity. I'm not sure that the vaccine is going to be the total answer to this thing, to be honest with you. You know, there's going to be vaccines out there, but um, um, I'm hoping they provide long-lasting immunity. Right now, the CD just came out this weekend and said, CDC said that um, if you've had it and you have positive antibodies, meaning you're immune, your immunity, you can't trust it past about three months. So that's kind of sad news there. Now, that is B-cell immunity that we can test. Now, thankfully, there's what's called T-cell immunity, which is kind of a thing that hides underneath that we're trying to fight the virus off that may, may not be so testable that I hope we developed. What you want is your T-cells to be immune. And the people that are resistant to this have good T-cell immunity. And that's what we're, we're uh, fighting for when we take all these vitamins, when we exercise, when we get a good night's sleep, um, and we stay lean, and we're ready to, our bodies are ready to battle off viruses and other diseases like heart disease and cancer. Um, but anyway, um, back to the, my two experiences this, this weekend with people. Uh, the first patient... Um, uh, is in the hospital for heart disease, um, blockage of coronary arteries with some, um, you know, problems with that as, as far as a little bit of ICU psychosis, um, been on, has been on a, a ventilator for 11 days, finally off, um, wanting to get out of the hospital, complications, um, doesn't want to be there. That patient definitely needed to be in the hospital, but also it's been a rough go. I mean, I've spoken with the family almost every day through this thing. They've been, kind of been relying on me a lot because they trust me. Um, so I've tried to talk some common sense into things. And unfortunately, when somebody's been on the ventilator for that long and then they can develop a little ICU psychosis and can become uncooperative, have to get on more medicines to settle them down, leading to 
who knows what, you know, misdiagnoses or further workup because they're not sure what's going on with the patient. Um, so this is a case where you kind of have to be in the hospital, um, but you don't really want to be. The family is trying to help out, but is really unable to much because of the current COVID situation. Um, so it's been a real toughie. And, you know, and just talking with them on a daily basis, most of the family and patient a few times, um, it's just been a tough go of it. And, you know, who knows if there's been errors or not. Um, but when you look at the statistics, it's kind of it's kind of harsh. But uh, in any event, uh, your goal, if you get in the hospital, should be to have I know if, if I'm in the hospital or my family members in the hospital, I want to be there with them double checking on things because there's so many errors made. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times this is just um, because there's not enough people in there looking. You know, you want to get the right patient, the right medication, the right way of administering the medication, the right timing. It really, You really need a family member or somebody in there advocating for your care and just to double check on things. I've seen this firsthand with, you know, my own family members through the years being in the hospital. I was grateful that we had a lot of uh, family members that were uh, doctors and nurses that could kind of watch over, you know, our, our loved one in the hospital. So the other situations is a COVID case that um, we're treating outpatient. And, um, you know, when you get up a little bit up in age, you can have, um, you can get pretty sick with this virus. There's no doubting that at all. But the patient, of course, wants to avoid the hospital at all cost. And, of course, uh, I will set the parameters and have with him on when you need to finally bail out and go to the hospital. But uh, so far, successful treatment, um, you know, daily communication, sometimes a few times a day with uh, coordinating things. And, you know, of course, I'm aggressive with treating early to try to prevent that patient from getting in the hospital and am willing to use medications for this. Um, you know, this patient had positive tests and was sent home, of course, purposely just on a cough medication and some Tylenol. But there's a lot other things we can do to get aggressive with um, known COVID cases. And, um, you know, we've gone into that before, like medications that are off-label but that do work. Um, and I was even able to get this patient uh, supplemental oxygen, monitor the O2 sat levels at home, and have a family member administer the medications. And even uh, we're, we're able to get a nurse in there to bring the oxygen and check vials and things like that. So um, I think the patient's on a, a good course at this present time without having to go into the hospital. Of course, if you get so short of breath you can't breathe and you're, or you have any chest pain, um, you can't take fluids. You need to get um, to the hospital, to the emergency room. So don't ever forget about that. But there are ways of treating patients at home, even in a semi-serious condition. And I think that this whole crisis will lead to more treatment in the home through our wonderful uh, home health care nurses. And, um, you know, getting these into the house has been, um, you know, kind of tough. But 
I think a lot of the current situation we're, we're in is going to lead to a lot of improvements in the way we deliver health care efficiently to this country. Um, again, so when should you go to the hospital? Um, you should go to the hospital when you have no other choice and hopefully with a family member. Now, if you're alone, you should always get a neighbor or a friend or somebody to, to look after you and to, and to signal when you need to go. I can't tell you the minute you need to go unless you're on the phone with me. There's a lot of different parameters, and you can get a pretty good feel for it. So, you know, our hospitals are wonderful. You know, uh, they're able to save lives. It's amazing what they can do in these hospitals. But for a lot of times, you don't want to be in a hospital um, if you can treat this as an outpatient. Um, so, um, unfortunately, our primary care um, situation has been it's tough to get into a doctor a lot of times, and a lot of people end up going to the emergency room for their primary care, you know, for their colds and minor illnesses, cuts and bruises and things, you know, things that should be treated on an outpatient basis. Um, you know, we do have um, outpatient clinics that can see a lot of this stuff. Um, but uh, in any event, I hope this has helped you a little bit. You know, we're in, we're in a crisis right now. Good things are going to come out of this. I'm very optimistic with uh, us getting over this COVID crisis. You know, I don't like to be a doomsayer. I don't like bad news. Um, you know, when you consider that we've lost about 160,000 people in this country with COVID thus far and over the past six to seven months, when you consider hospital errors kill 250 to 440,000 patients a year, I mean, that's significant. Uh, and half the people that have died with COVID so far have been uh, very elderly um, mostly nursing home patients. Um, so, you know, you have to kind of look at the statistics and keep yourself healthy. And the people that are at risk, you need to really quarantine and stay away. Um, and hopefully we'll develop some of this herd immunity, better testing, um, better treatments. There's a lot of new promising treatments on the horizon that we're going to be using. They're, they're protease treatments. And, and most of these drugs that we're developing in that way we've they've been around you know we can use them for other purposes so um, they're finding that they work for this virus and a lot of other things so um, so keep positive with this thing take care of yourself so that you can take care of your family or friends or loved ones and, and other people that you know so I hope this helps um, any questions, don't hesitate to call or email us at performancemedicine.net or look at one of our, our channels on YouTube, Facebook, all those, all those things we have at performancemedicine.net. I'll see you next week. And don't forget, if you have questions, we have our 5 at 5 on Tuesdays. You can mail or call in a question to, that we can go over. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.